Who wants to be a superhero? Erica Belfry once did. But after an ill-fated attempt to stop a supervillain's bank robbery, she found herself on the wrong side of the law as the supervillain Princess Crash. Now partnered with Jefferson, alias Weatherman, a crotchety thespian with storm powers, and ironically the same villain she tried to stop in her first heroic venture, Erica finds herself navigating the complicated world behind the cape. One in which every daring hero and villainous heel answers to a corrupt secret organization known only as the Board. Forced to battle heroes in orchestrated public bouts known as capers, Erica for a while enjoyed her new adventures as a pretend villain. That was until she discovered the harsh truth. Although their capers were planned, the consequences of a heel losing a caper and being caught meant going to prison for life. Now caught as pawns in the schemes of the true enemies who control the battleground, Erica and Jefferson recognize the dangers they face. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their parts in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon! Previously on Theater of Heels, after their narrow escape from imprisonment, Erica and Jefferson are tossed back into the mix as the board sets them up for a brand new caper. Unfortunately, their new opponent is the super fast sprinter. Although the chemistry between Erica and Sprinter is palpable, she cannot escape the fact that the super speeder will do everything in his power to win their upcoming bout. For Sprinter, like the rest of the heroes, is unaware of the dark truth that every hero that is captured at the end of their caper goes to prison for life. And now, I resent you with our current episode. Part 6 Rapid Heartbeat Chapter 25 Preparation Speed So, that's the plan, huh? Erica nodded. Yeah. Beside her, Cedric leaned over her diagrams and notes. I don't know, kiddo. It feels kind of... simple. Jefferson, who was scanning the plans from the other side of the table, rubbed his temple irritably. Then what notes would you like to offer, Officer Belfry? Cedric glared at him. Look, I'm not trying to argue here. I'm just saying... Erica cut him off. I get it, big bro. You're not wrong. The plan is simple. Too simple. But I can't think of anything we could do to make it better. Can either of you come up with something better? Because I am all ears. She regarded the two men at the table next to her. The three of them were standing in the middle of her lap at a table with holographic schematics and pictures of the bank they were going to rob on the following day. When neither offered anything, Erica continued. Let's go over what we know again. Our target is the Prime Investors Bank, located on the corner of Main and George Perez Parkway. The bank is on the bottom four floors of a 32-story high-rise. Those cross streets are large veins of the city, so once we light this candle, it should cause enough of a distraction to snarl up the local area with traffic jams. What about police presence? Cedric asked. What about them? Responded Erica. Noting her brother's frown, she continued. Listen, I appreciate you and your boys and girls in blue as much as the next person. More in fact. But the fact of the matter is, most of the average ordnance you guys carry can't do squat against my defenses or Jefferson's immaterial form. 
unless they have a police helicopter. Huh. Jefferson said with a shudder. Unless they have a police helicopter. Erica echoed. In which, we'll have to improvise. Whatever is that like? Jefferson asked dryly. Erica grinned before she turned back to the plants. One of our positives about our loud and proud entrance is the ensuing commotion should slow the police's response. If any officers are caught near our ruckus, we'll deal with them quickly and gently. Jefferson nodded. You have my words, Cedric. Her brother scowled, but he nodded, slightly mollified. Erica sighed heavily before continuing. <sighs> so, in most scenarios, our arrival should slow the cops down. But it won't do squat to sprinter speed. Jefferson shook his head. I should say not. He's an agile little blighter. He could weave around the traffic with nary difficulties. This is where one of our most significant complications come into play. If her fight spills into the street, which it's likely to, Jefferson interjected. Which it's likely to, Erica agreed. We'll have to deal with the added obstacles and a fairly significant crowd. Which would be great for our coverage, added Jefferson. But not our fame points if we accidentally hurt someone, or worse, said Erica. Hostages and body counts kind of contradict our brand. Plus, she looked at the two men earnestly. I really don't want to hurt anyone. Jefferson placed a hand on her shoulder. I know. We'll be careful. She patted his hand and nodded. Circling back to your point, though, the numerous witnesses should definitely add to her online presence. If only 10% have the presence of mind to raise their cameras, that will significantly add to our coverage. This would be an added bonus to us if we're careful. We don't have to rely on their footage. Jefferson raised his eyebrow. Why not? Erica smiled. Even if none of the looky-loos remember to bring their cell phones tomorrow, we got the video coverage pretty well handled. How so? Jefferson asked. I've already hacked into the nearby traffic cams and the bank's security cameras, so we will have access to their footage when we upload our vlog. We'll supplement it with our recordings from our five video camera spheres, too. Jefferson arched an eyebrow. Five? Yep, Erica nodded. One centered on your actions, one on mine, two wide shots, and a fifth to pick up dynamic actions. She shrugged. At least that's the hope. Sergeant frowned. Is all that coverage really necessary? Erica said. Fame is the name of the game, big brother. Like it or not, we have to make a memorable impression. Otherwise, those creeps on the board win, and we lose. Yeah, but you're facing Sprinter. The dude's faster than a speeding bullet. Is he? Erica asked. I always wonder if that was true. Given the premise that we do know about his speed and powers, Cedric interjected irritably. The point is that Sprinter is fast. Facing him can't be an easy fight, match, or whatever the hell you call it. It's not, said Jefferson. I've faced him a couple of times before. I can't get a beat on him. And the wind wash from his speed plays havoc with the cohesion of my cloud form. That's my point, said Cedric. How are you going to face him and not have him take you out in two seconds flat? Erica shook her head. I don't know. We have a few tricks up our sleeves, but not much. They might work once, maybe twice if we're extremely lucky. 
I don't think we will be. Find the plan, but Sprinter can think pretty quick on his feet. He'll likely see most attacks from a mile away. True, nodded Jefferson. But Sprinter does possess one major flaw. What's that? asked Cedric. Jefferson paused for a dramatic effect, but Erica answered automatically. Fast as he is, Sprinter isn't that sturdy. Jefferson glared at her. Erica blinked. What? Cedric snorted and shook his head. She looked between them confused. What? Erica then covered her mouth. Do I have something in my teeth? Yeah, right there, Cedric said, touching his incisor. Yep, almost got it. Erica fished for the non-existent food in her teeth. Yeah, I get it. Jefferson rolled his eyes. Yes, yes, you got it. Now quit making that infernal face and let's get on with this. Okay, said Erica, looking between them uncertainly. As we noted already, Sprinter isn't that tough. At least, not by superhero standards. So if we can't get one good hit in, he'll likely be down for the count. Maybe. The problem is hitting him. So... You're saying he runs faster than the blast of your energy pistol or senior Shakespeare's lightning? Hardly, scoffed Jefferson. No, he doesn't run nowhere close to those speeds. That would border on time travel, which opens up a whole other can of worms. Erica considered for a moment. Unless we consider setting him up with a specific kind of treadmill, then maybe... Cedric cut in. Erica, focus. She shook her head. Yeah, sorry. I just had the best idea. What if we... Cedric held up his hand. Tell us about it later. Right now, keep your mind on the task at hand. You were talking about how Sprinter wasn't faster than the energy blasters or his lightning. So what's the problem? Oh, yeah. The problem is that Sprinter is faster than our ability to aim. Still, I don't think that will stop him from moving me around like a high-speed game of shuffleboard. She thought about her peer review at the Kirby Lee Psychic Academy in what felt like a lifetime ago. Or hockey. She shivered in regard to Jefferson. If we give him a large enough opening, he could possibly create a powerful enough vortex to suck you into the bank's vault. Jefferson paled, of which I have no doubt I will remain long enough for the superhuman containment unit to arrive and apprehend the pair of us with little fuss. Cedric asked, What about that time-stopping ball of yours? Wouldn't that stop Sprinter in his tracks? Erica looked at her brother. My stasis fear? Yeah, that's it. It is an option, and honestly, it's our biggest gun in this upcoming fight against Sprinter. Erica shrugged, and then shook her head. But there are so many variables I can't account for. Cedric frowned. Like what? She sighed and slumped down in a nearby chair. First off, he knows about it. Sprinter has more or less said he follows my socials, and I've used the stasis fear in our last fight against sleep. Unfortunately, it's one of my biggest pieces of tech that I'm known for. She's right, added Jefferson. It's on our Wikipedia page. Cedric's eyes bulge. You have a Wikipedia page? Jefferson scoffed. My dear good man, who doesn't? The stasis fear has the same problem as the rest of our defensive and offensive measures. He's too fast for us to use it on him. It relies on our reaction time to activate it when Sprinter is in its area of effect. And Sprinter won't stay still long enough for us to use it on him. 
So we'll have to improvise. Well, how many of these stasis spheres do you have? Cedric asked. Erica held up a finger. One. Can't you, like, whip up some more? By tomorrow? Not a chance. She sighed heavily. Honestly, we're lucky to have even this one. Sleep destroyed my previous stasis sphere in our last caper, and it took me years to build that one. I had the schematics down, but the actual process of making one is tricky. Even if I had a few months to create a new one, it would be hard to pull off. Cedric was once again struck with the fact that this was technically her first outing since her disastrous fight with Sleek. It felt like a lifetime ago, but in reality, it had only been a few months. Erica continued, Actually, it took most of my prep time to fabricate a new one. Getting the quantum matrix to the right frequency can take... She knew the blank faces of her companions and sighed. Like I said, it's pretty tricky to make. Even if we do catch Sprinter in the stasis field, there are way too many factors to consider. I'm not sure we could hold him long enough for it to count. Sergei asked. What do you mean? From what I could tell, Sprinter's powers work differently from other super speedsters. He creates some sort of time dilation field around himself that increases his speed. He doesn't just move fast, he slows down time, or at least time's effect on him. Your point being, asked Jefferson. She shook her head. I think his powers work on the same principles as my stasis field, except it has the opposite effect. That's true. The question becomes, which one is more powerful? We might only slow him down for a few seconds, or maybe 30 seconds tops. Then the battery power of the stasis sphere will burn out, and it will go inert. That's disconcerting, said Jefferson. Is there a way to approximate how much time we will get? Erica shook her head. There's no way to know until we are in the thick of it. The stasis sphere only slows down to a crawl. We have to be prepared for the fact that at most, sprinter speed will be slowed down to just below normal for a few moments before we use up all the power in the stasis sphere. Erica leaned forward and grabbed her head. Oh boy, how are we going to do this? Hey, hey, you got this, kiddo, said Cedric, patting her on the back. He locked eyes with Jefferson. You both got this. Sure, it's going to be tough, but you've done tough before, and you're still here. Erica looked up at him. Are you sure? Because last time, Sleek had... She shook her head. I... I don't want to go back to that place ever again. Jefferson stepped over and placed a hand on her other shoulder. You won't have to. You have my word. How can you keep your word on something like that? Jefferson smirked. The same way I perform all my endeavors. With my patented diligence and arrogance. Erica offered him a small smile. Well, you do have that. Remember, our contract doesn't say anything about us remaining in place. We must make haste before that running fool shows up and knows what hit him. I fought Sprinter long enough to know that he just goes. Jefferson's eyes bulged. He spun around and stared at the other end of Erica's lab, where her bank of robots were located. That's it! Erica turned to look where her partner was facing. What's it? Jefferson turned to face her, his eyes gleaming. I think I know how we're going to beat Sprinter. 
Erica stared at her partner. How? I believe we have most of what we already need. You might need to make a few modifications to one of your doodads. Erica arched an eyebrow. Doodads? Cedric snorted. Yes, if we... Beep, beep. Before Jefferson could elaborate any further, he was interrupted by an alarm ringing from Erica's gauntlet lying on the table. Hold that thought, said Erica as she put her device on and brought up its holographic display. She sighed heavily. <sighs> this will have to wait. Mom and Dad are heading now. Now? said Jefferson. Erica shrugged as she tapped some buttons on her display. You're the one that told me to allow her full access to the building. She's coming down to say hi. She brought up the elevator's security footage on her holographic display. It was overhead video of Marion Harold Belfry, standing beside one of Erica's robots. The robot was carrying a tray. Jefferson squinted. What is that thing carrying? Its name is Talison. Erica said irritably. You know that. Since her mother decided to set up shop here, she more or less fell into her old habit of cooking and cleaning. Considering this, Erica gave her a modified version of one of her robots as a helper bot. Mary Belfry, of course, made a fuss about not needing such things. But Erica couldn't help but notice how much she used the robot in her day-to-day -day task. Next to her, Jefferson rolled his eyes. My question stands. What is Talison carrying? Erica glanced at the display. It looks like a tray of cookies. Nice, said Cedric. I hope they're chocolate chip. Agreed, nodded Jefferson, slightly mollified. Your mother's cookies are sublime. Erica raised an eyebrow. Mary Belfry wasted no opportunity to snipe at her older partner. After their blowout the month before, Jefferson took it all with a glower and occasional irritable mutter. Erica suspected the only thing that eased the tensions in their living space was that Mary kept an impeccably clean home and was a fantastic cook. These were two amenities that Jefferson enjoyed immensely. And despite her apparent dislike, Mary would have rather cut off her right hand than not feed anyone who sat at her table. Erica pressed a series of buttons on her gauntlet. In response, a previously hidden panel opened in the nearby wall, and the table that held their current heist plants slid into the space inside. The elevator pinged open, and the Belfry pants and Talison stepped out right as the wall panel began to close. Hey everyone, Hera Belfry called. Mary Belfry pursed her lips. What was that? Nothing, said Jefferson. Don't worry about it, Mom, said Cedric. Erica dismissed her holographic display and said, It's plans for our upcoming bait robbery. Everyone looked at Erica with varying levels of surprise. Her brother exclaimed, Dude. Mary Belfry's expression hardened. Erica shrugged. She will find out sooner or later. Might as well be forthright. Mary Belfry's voice was low and dangerous. When and where will this robbery happen? Soon. And don't worry about the where for now, Mom. That way you can keep up your plausible deniability, said Erica. Are those chocolate chip cookies? Can I have one? Mary ignored her question and pointed at Cedric. And what about your brother? She turned the full heat of her stare on Cedric, who visibly flinched. Do you have plausible deniability? 
Cedric floundered under her scrutiny. Mom, I, uh... Erica answered for him. I'm not happy about Ced's knowledge of our upcoming caper, but... Caper? Interjected her dad. Is that what you call this nonsense? Some sort of hip name for grand larceny? More or less, said Erica. Hera Belfry's mouth worked, but he had no comeback for her response. Mary Belfry rounded on her daughter. Don't you talk to your father that way? Erica met her mother's eyes. What way, Mom? He asked me a question, and I answered it. Jefferson stepped forward, holding up his hands. Seeing the older man's movements and intentions, Cedric tried to hold him back, but Jefferson deftly sidestepped. Listen, please don't fight. None of us wish to cause anyone any undue stress. Mary's back stiffened. Undue stress. Is that what you call it? Jefferson shook his head. No. I call it many things, but given how trivial my words are, I reduce them down to undue stress. Mary's glare intensified. She rounded on Erica. Why are you doing this again? You almost died last time. What could be possibly so important that you have to go out there and risk your life like this? Um, I know this is hard for you guys, but you have no idea how hard this is for me. For us! Snarled Mary Belfry. Harold Belfry shook his head. You really don't, baby girl. Erica sighed. You're right. I don't. And I'm sorry for that. But, like it or not, this is what I'm doing now. I don't have a choice. Mary stabbed a finger at Jefferson. Is he making you? Jefferson's eyes bulged before crackling lightning. I most certainly am not. Erica stepped between her parents and her partner, holding up her hands. He isn't, and other than his very public lapse, Jefferson has been nothing but brave and kind to me. We have to keep doing these heists. We don't have a choice. Harold's eyes widened. Are you in trouble with some sort of organized crime ring? Like the mob? Erica tilted her head as she regarded her father. She could feel the hints of her psychic contract on the edge of her thoughts. She decided to risk it by saying, Um, something like that? What kind of nonsense are you spouting? Mary demanded. Harold placed a hand on his wife's shoulders. Honey, don't you see? Our baby girl is running jobs for the mob. Erica, Cedric, and Jefferson exchanged glances. Mary Belfry wasn't convinced. That's ridiculous. Jefferson said, Actually, that is not very far from the truth. Mary Belfry stared at him. You're kidding. Erica shook her head. He's not. Mary shouted. You got my baby involved in organized crime? What is wrong with you? She then spun on her heel, knocking the tray of cookies out of Tallison's hands. The metal tray clattered to the ground, scattering the cookies. Mary Belfry didn't pause as she ran up the landing with her husband in her wake. Harold held out his hand. Honey, wait! The pair of them entered the elevator. Erica rushed after them. Mom, I... Mary held up her hand, cutting her off. No. She then glared into her daughter's eyes, before looking away and letting the door slide closed between them. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heels.
after these messages. On the next episode of The Earth Heals, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels. In the minutes leading up to their latest caper against Sprinter, Jefferson gets into position in the bank ahead of his partner. As he prepares to set the stage for their upcoming heist, Jefferson has an ill-fated encounter that he is completely unprepared to undertake. Tune in next week for Theater Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 26, Waiting in Line. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChansey.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.